0: Okay, if you would please turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, I'll be reading Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, for the 78th Sunday in a row. according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. Blessed is the reading of God's holy Word. Father, help me unpack these verses in their context. Help me restate them and resay them in ways that are helpful and true and help every one of us to be humbled and broken and therefore joyful in such grace that you have lavished upon all of us who are being saved to the glory of the name of our Savior Jesus. Amen. This passage this morning is a, it's a test. It's a test of whether we are children of God or whether we are still lost and without hope and without God in this world. The point of this text is the fact that God has adopted those who are being saved into His family as His children, is that that should cause us to praise the glory of His grace. And so the question is, are you adopted? into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Do you, in the midst of real life and pain and not pretend and fears and insecurities, is there something deep down within you that in various ways praises God for such an adoption? Picture yourself as a seven year old child in poverty stricken Haiti living in a dump site with other abandoned children. You have no hope. You have no future. Your life is going nowhere. You're alive, but it feels like there's no destiny laid before you that is good. And you lie down in the early evening and you daydream about being adopted by a loving mother and father from the United States with siblings. And you'd have clothes. And you'd have a school to go to. And you would have your own bed at night. And then the daydream stops and you're back to reality. Orphaned, hopeless, without a destiny that is to be lived for and to be excited about. Our sin nature in which we're all born into, our own sinful idolatry and pride, arrogance and greed and lust and selfishness, is the natural state that has made every one of us naturally orphans without hope and without God in the world. And if you're a believer, something happened. The adopting family of the Holy Trinity came along and made you part of that family forever. Without you doing anything in order to cause the Father, the Son, and the Spirit to adopt you. Without any worthiness or merit. That's what Paul's been saying in this passage in Ephesians 1. He chose us in order to adopt us. Look at it. Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Now in adoption, some are adopted into families at four months old. They don't have a memory of living in a dump site. All they know is that family, and they are part of that family. Others, though, have been adopted into families at age 6, or 9, or 11, or 12, or 23. And they do have a past that they remember. They do have a story. And spiritually, it's the same. Some people come to Jesus at an early age. Being raised in church and in a Christian family, not necessarily do kids do that, but some just do because God chose them early on and adopted them. And they don't have a past to look back on these horrific teenage years even when they're 22, or young adult, years. They love Jesus. They're part of the family. Others, like me, remember living in the trash dump of depression and purposelessness and without any life destiny before me. Going nowhere. Fast. And then, bam! I was adopted. And I was adopted for the greatest possible purpose imaginable. God created human beings in His own image. Therefore, human beings, unlike dogs or dolphins, are created for purpose. We are created with a drive for meaning and goals and purpose in our lives. And that's why, when we grasp what Paul is saying here in this text this morning, it should cause those of us who are adopted to praise God all the more. In verse 5, Paul says, God predestined us. Meaning, before we were ever born, he secured a destiny for each and every one of us. And He did it through Jesus Christ. And therefore, this text tells us that thinking about that truth, thinking about what adoption into the family of God through Jesus Christ means is hugely important to how we live. To how we feel Gratitude and thankfulness to God's grace that adopted us. Especially in the trials of life. So let's look at it. It's almost like a sandwich. At the beginning, Paul has a piece of bread and then he's got the meat in the middle and then the piece of bread at the end again. And the bread is praise. An adoration to God for His grace. First in verse 3, the first piece of bread. Blessed be, this is Paul's way of saying, praise God for this. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then there's the other piece of bread at the end of this passage verse 6 all of this unto the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved now inside verse 3 and 6 is the meat of the passage which produces the praise and the meat of the passage is God's Sovereignly choosing to adopt us. That's why we believe in Jesus. And therefore, logically, to the extent we don't grasp nor believe in God's sovereignty in our salvation is the extent that our praise of His glorious grace will be lessened. It will be diminished. And so for the sake of our heart's adoration and worship and thankfulness, we have to let the reality of what we are destined for in this passage to get into our bloodstream. We need to focus on what is the goal, the end, the purpose that God chose us unto. Our destiny, according to Paul here, from before the creation of the world, it was to become what we were not. Children of God. I know the world talks about everyone's a child of God. Not in this way we're not. We are made in the image of God and everyone's made in the image of God. But in this way, we were not in God's family Savingly, We were not His child adopted by Him. And then we were. And so remember, I spent five weeks in the series on divine election. Particularly coming out of verse 4. In verse 4, Paul focused on God's sovereign freedom in choosing us even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Now in verse 5, He focuses on the goal that He chose us for. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will when we talk about election, we're referring to God's choosing. Who He chooses. It's pointing to the freedom of God's sovereignty in choosing. Predestination here is God's predetermined plan that the chosen will become His children. So in other words, in this text, Paul looks into the eyes of believers. And he he says, when God chose you, He had a purpose. And so he predestined that purpose to come about absolutely. In your life. And that is this. That you, a lost, godless, hell-bound orphan in the dump site of sin, would become His adopted child. And you would inherit all that is His. God blessed us, Paul says, with Every spiritual blessing. And one of those spiritual blessings in this text is predestining us to adoption as His children. And the Bible uses different analogies to describe our conversion experience that point to realities of what's happened. For instance, one of them is regeneration. Another word for that would be New birth. As Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot see nor enter the kingdom. Peter says, God the Father has caused us to be born again, which is referring to God's actual act in changing the human heart by infusing the Holy Spirit into the person which causes them to see the truth and love the truth of the Gospel and believe. He imparts... Saving faith into the heart through new birth. And then there's this analogy here of adoption. In the Roman world, adoption was a common practice. Even adults could be adopted. Some of us, not enough of us, have seen Ben-Hur. And become an inheritor, become a citizen by being adopted. Adopted. Adoption refers to that person coming legally now into the family with all the rights and privileges and of inheritance. Paul uses this analogy again in Romans 8, verses 15-17 to when he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God. And we are joint heirs with. And in Ephesians 1, Paul is saying, we are not just adopted. We're not just brought into the family out of slavery to sin and crying, Abba, Father. That's true, but he says, here we were chosen before the creation of the world and predestined, predetermined by God that we would be adopted. And in the context... Now, Paul makes clear what this adoption into God's family produces. So look at it. It's at the end of verse 4. Let me go start at verse 4 and feel it. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons. So Paul just said, what being adopted into God's family means practically, that we would be holy. Or you can literally, without blemish in the second word, or blameless. In love. That's what God's children are predestined to be. Now, if you look at your text, that little phrase, in love, grammatically it could go with what comes after, which would be read like your ESV reads. In love, God predestined us. Which would mean, because of His love for us, He predestined us. Or, in love could go with what comes before, grammatically. Which I think it does. In other words, He chose us. That we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. Meaning, that holy and blameless working in us is manifested through our loving others. That's what I think it means. We are God's children through adoption and thus we take on His Attributes of holiness and blamelessness and loving others. And it will be perfect in the resurrection. And it will be genuine. And it will be real, though imperfect and riddled with sin now, during this life. But it will be there like John said in 1 John 3.10. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Or in 1 John 4.8, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is Love. And so our destiny is to be God's children who are pursuing holiness and overflowing in love towards other persons. That's what he says. That's our destiny. But that's not our highest predestined. Purpose, according to verse 6. So the question is, why does God predestine us to adoption? Producing holiness and blamelessness and our loving of others. Why does He do that? Verse 6 tells us. Unto the praise of His Glorious grace with which He's blessed us in the beloved Jesus. That's why we are adopted. Producing holiness and blamelessness and loving the brethren. See, this predestination that God determines is very personal. He's telling us, before, Christian, before you were ever conceived in your mother's womb, God planned to glorify Himself by reaching down into the slums of sin and to adopt certain miserable, unworthy sinners to be His children. And He cleaned us up by adopting us into His family and clothing us with the righteousness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is, ongoingly, by the Spirit and the Word, working in us now. The fruits of holiness and loving others. And all of that is for the ultimate goal that we would praise God for it. That we would be wowed like that little child in the dump yard in Haiti It wakes up every day. I can't believe. This is my destiny. Now, there's nothing better live for there's nothing better in existence there is nothing better to live our mortal lives now than for the power of God's grace working in us overflowing in love to others because of Christ and towards the grace that is laid up before us in the resurrection I say that because this is where Paul goes a couple paragraphs if you just look at chapter 2 of Ephesians and 6 and 7. Paul writes, and He, here's the new birth, He raised us up with Christ and He seated us with Him in the heavenly places, spiritually now, in Christ Jesus. Here's the purpose clause again. So that, why did you do it? So that, in the coming ages, upon ages, upon ages, He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For Paul, The idea that that would be true of any human being brought out of sin into Christ, washed clean, justified by faith, and it not produce praising the glory of God's grace in that. It's unimaginable to Paul. Now verse 6 literally should be read like this. Unto the praise... Of the glory of His grace. Now, glory. This is the term that is in Hebrew. is It's weightiness, it's heaviness, and doxa in the Greek. It has to do with the radiating outward. That what? The weightiness and the essence of who God is is going outward into creation. His glory. What glory? Who He is. His attributes. And so here, the glory of His grace, Paul is saying, this should result in the praise. His children praise the glory, meaning the attribute of God's grace. His unearned. Undeserved favor. And it's filled up with everything else from verses 3 to 6. And that means Paul is showing us. That the grace of God's unconditional election and predestination unto the adoption of sons is to remain absolutely undiluted by our contributing the idea that any of our works or any of our faith was what got us adopted into the family election and predestination unto adoption is god's grace Shh. one person praise god for and paul's not done look at verse 5 again he predestined us to adoption as sons Through Jesus Christ. Oh, it's huge to Paul. How was I adopted out of sin into the family of God so that He would show His grace and His kindness toward me forever and ever and ever and ever only through the man, Jesus. How is it that the fruit of the Holy Spirit could be working in me in holiness and blamelessness and loving others as imperfectly as I do only through Jesus Christ? I want you to flip over a page if you still have pages. Okay. In chapter 5, notice what Paul says here. Start with verse 25. Christ, love your wives as Christ. So I don't want you missing now. We're going to focus on because Christ is a model. So here it is. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that he, Christ, might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word, so that He, Christ, might present the church to Himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And listen to the last line. So that she, the church, might be holy and without blemish or blameless. Those are the exact same two words as in chapter 1, verse 4. Holy and blameless. And Paul makes clear what he means, therefore, by through Jesus Christ, because in chapter 5, it's clear that the cause of our becoming holy and blameless before God is the loving Self-sacrifice unto death on a cross for us by our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus' death is the foundation. It's the cause. It's the purchased price of our adoption. Of our election unto holiness and blamelessness. And this means that not only were we chosen from before the foundation of the world and predestined to be adopted as sons, it means that the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal second Person of the Trinity, was predestined to become a human being and to pay the price for our adoption into the family of God unto holiness and blamelessness forever. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. But why did He do that? Was there something... Deeper than what we just read there about Christ and His substitutionary sacrifice. Was there something that was prior to that logically that moved God to create a world and predetermine that Jesus be a Savior of sinners and get adopted? Or did He just do it? For no reason. Yes there is something prior and deeper, according to our text. It's there in verse 5. It's clear. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to... The purpose of his will. Now, the accurate translation. I don't I just think the ESV made a boo-boo and going that way. This should be translated. He did this according to the good pleasure of his will the new american standard bible translates it this way according to the kind kind intention of his will the new king james translates it according to the good pleasure of his will which means the ultimate foundation of our being adopted and becoming blameless and holy is not the sacrificial death of Jesus. That is, the cause that that happened, it's the means, but that's not the ultimate foundation. The ultimate foundation of why the Father sent Jesus and did not spare His own Son is His sovereign pleasure his sovereign joy in willing to orchestrate your salvation this way according to the good pleasure of God's will That's why you're predestined unto adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. Just just think about it. You're a believer? Do you believe the Gospel? Are you in Christ? Are you justified by your faith in Christ? Yes, 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 okay. Then God wants you to know that your adoption into His family is because of His happy, good pleasure. The pleasure of His will that chose you in particular. And thus predetermined that you would be adopted into His family through new birth. He wants us through Paul To know, this makes me really happy. See, Paul could have written, he did this according to his will. And that is true. And it would be true. But that's not the way he wrote it. He wrote it according to the good pleasure. The Udakion. The good pleasure of His will. He wanted to modify God's will to make sure you don't miss it. He wasn't constrained, as we talked about last week, about the human will. His options weren't, I guess I'll choose the lesser of two evils. He says, God is God and absolutely free. And He's never constrained by choices like that. It was from the eternal joy of the Trinity to create and to save you. And I mean individually. That's what our text is about. Did not choose a great idea So that those who save themselves get saved. He chose those who will be adopted through Jesus Christ His Son. God has great joy in His sovereign will of choosing and predestining us unto adoption. So let me just say, Dear believer, if we are chosen because of absolutely nothing we have done, if we're chosen not because of any goodness in us, not because of any obedience we manifested in our lives, not because of any faith that originates from our corrupt heart, but originates from Him. If that's true, oh gosh, the implications as you lie down in bed at night as a Romans chapter 7 sinner. As a 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He's faithful to Himself and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because if it were because of some goodness in you or faith that originated from you, that would mean your thoughts as you lay in bed at night would go something like this. Will I have enough of that stuff that was in me tomorrow? To keep me persevering in faith to the end in order to inherit future salvation? But if our salvation is rooted in God's happy pleasure of willing to choose us based upon nothing in us, but only according to His eternal purposes, His good pleasure, then we are eternally secure in His loving, fatherly hands. The reason God chooses and predestines us to adoption as His children because of the good pleasure of His will The reason He does that is for an ultimate goal. That we who are being saved would praise the glory of His grace toward us in Jesus Christ. And so, brothers and sisters who are in this adopted family, let the Word of the Lord go deep. In the midst of your real life, keep your focus on this prize. Keep your attention on the truth of God's salvation in your life now, His fellowship with you now, His Word that is in your life that you're desperate for now to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and in the promises of the Gospel that lay up for you in the future. In other words, keep your eye on that prize of what you have been predestined for. In the midst of ups and downs, grief, fear, sickness, tragedy, marital struggles, in the feeling of overwhelm in your college years, What will my future be? We are to know that the the roots of every detail of your life were planted in the heart of God your Father. Happily. Happily, as Paul will go on in Ephesians 1, talk about in the counsel of His eternal will. You see... Christian, that's why there's fruit in your life. That's why it's there. Because of God's good pleasure. The good pleasure of His will to choose and to predestine you through Jesus Christ to become His child. And to work holiness and blamelessness in you. That's why you're on that pathway of pursuing holiness against your still, sinful dispositions that plague you. That's why it's a good sign that though you love the sin at that moment, you hate the sin that you did. That's why you're schizophrenic. It's a good sign. He has you more secure than the best possible imaginable human father could ever secure his children. Which means your life, no matter what you feel about it, has purpose. It's filled with a destiny, which was predetermined. Predestined. And the purpose of God in your destiny, no matter what you're going through now or a week from now or a year and two months from now, the purpose of God's destiny will redound to His glory and your ultimate eternal happiness in the ages to come. As Paul writes, He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace. His grace! which He has blessed us in the Beloved Jesus. Oh, Holy Father, Your ways are really good. And we know, as Paul will say later in Ephesians, there are things You have laid up for us that are absolutely impossible for us to get our minds around. Oh, may we trust You in these glorious promises. May Your promises be like fire in us, Your people, burning out sinful ways. Causing joyful repentance. Because we rest everything upon Your Son, who lived in perfect human righteousness on our behalf, that his life before you would be imputed to us. And that his death would be because you imputed our sin to him and punished it fully. And You have vindicated His sacrificial work by raising Him from the dead. And therefore, it was Your happy pleasure from all eternity to cause Jesus to be our elder brother, to be our fellow heir, to be our Savior. It is good to be adopted, Father, into your family. We praise the glory of your grace, which you have so happily and freely given us in your beloved Son. Amen.